Hi, it's Julie Saunders, creator of Believer and Voice of Laura. I thought it'd be fun to surprise you all with a bonus episode today. But first, I have a few announcements. This podcast now has merchandise. Head on over to TeePublic for print-on-demand t-shirts, stickers, mugs, and other items featuring artwork like a new Team Soda Pop logo, an original tourism poster for the City of Charity, or two different versions of our cover art. And right now, you can get 20% off all Believer merch by joining our brand new Patreon. Monthly memberships begin at $1 a month and get you access to bonus material, including annotated scripts, blooper and bonus episodes, and much more. Go to patreon.com slash believerpodcast for more details. Production is about to restart on this show, starting with a full cast prequel episode and then moving on to the rest of season one. Patreon supporters will get sneak peeks and behind the scene looks at that entire process, as well as early access to all new episodes. This is an independent, low-budget show, so any support you can give will go a long way. I also want to thank everyone for continuing to rate, review, and recommend this show. It makes a huge difference. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, now to your bonus episode. This is a three-part short story about soda pop set after the events of episode four. I'll be your narrator this time as Laura doesn't appear in the story. And now, please enjoy The Tale of Soda Pop. Part One, A Good Boy. Soda Pop has been alone in the cabin for a very long time. He can't say how long exactly, but certainly longer than usual. Not that he's particularly worried. Laura always comes back, even on those occasions when she comes late. She's not perfect, not like his other human, but she's pretty good. It's just that Soda Pop really has to pee. And good boys don't pee inside of buildings, even ones that smell of dirt and pine and microwave meals like this one. Soda Pop is a little taller than a human's mid-calf when he's on all four paws. He's lanky and leggy though, so if he gets up on his back paws and reaches with the front ones, he can almost reach a person's hip. Some people call him a little dog, but he's over twice the size of Lara's friend's Yorkie, and that's gotta count for something. He has floppy, feathery ears and fluffy white fur that has to get brushed far too often for his taste. The nice lady thought he must be part poodle, but Lara never wanted to buy a test to find out. Above all, though, Soda Pop is a good boy. So that means he's got a bit of a dilemma. He paces in circles, but that just seems to make the feeling worse. He lies down, but that doesn't do much either. He'll simply have to escape. First, he tries the front door. He gets up on his hind legs and pushes as hard as he can. It doesn't budge. Scratching on it also does nothing, and the wood floor is too thick to dig under. When all else fails, he barks. 
He barks a few times, then listens, but there doesn't seem to be anyone out there. When that man Jake is home, Soda Pop can always hear his heavy boots, but now there are no boots. There's nothing. Oh. Except the slightest little... Wait, is that a breeze? Inside the house? Soda Pop raises his nose and sniffs. There is a new smell in here. Fresh air mixing with the stagnant wood smell. If he can just track it to its source. Soda Pop circles the one-room cabin, sniffing the air as he goes. For a moment, he thinks maybe it's coming from behind the kitchenette, but then a crosswind hits and then he's got it. The window over Lara's desk. Lara broke it when she had a bad dream, but Jake came and covered it with a thick plastic sheet. Now the sheet has come away from the wall somewhere. Soda Pop wastes no time. He rushes over to Lara's chair, which twists awkwardly as he clambers over it and onto the desk. Lara's mug crashes to the floor, which startles Soda Pop into a collision with her laptop. His paws slide across the keyboard, and he nearly trips over the cords that stick out of one side, but he manages to right himself. He sniffs at the window, trying to locate the open spot. This requires him to walk back and forth, which sends a few more things flying to the floor, but they don't seem like things he needs to worry about. Near the bottom left corner, the plastic is loose. Sweet, wonderful outdoor air pours through. This is it. Soda Pop pushes his nose against the loose plastic until he finds the gap between sheet and wall. He wedges his muzzle through it, then his head, and finally his paws and shoulders. After that, it's just a wild flailing leap, and he's free. The sun hangs low in the sky, lighting up the clouds in a variety of colors that Soda Pop can't really appreciate. It's a quiet evening, expectant almost. Soda Pop sniffs the ground, a mixture of gravel and soft tree needles, until he finds a few spots that other animals have marked. He leaves his own mark on them, thoroughly. His business done, Soda Pop gives himself a little shake and takes stock of his surroundings. There are no cars in front of the cabin. The forest is alive with animal smells. Lara's definitely missed walk time. So even a good boy can take himself for a walk once in a while, right? Still, his first move is to look for a human just in case. Lara may be late, but there's sure to be another human around somewhere. Soda Pop likes humans, and he'd rather go exploring with one than without. Lara says it's because he's a companion breed. He just knows that things are sort of boring without a human there to watch. There are no humans outside at the moment, but he does find the back door to Jake's house hanging slightly ajar. He paws it open and trots inside. Soda Pop doesn't usually come into Jake's house. It has a weird, musty smell that he doesn't like. The humans never mention it, but he can tell there's something slightly wrong. He thinks it's in the walls, whatever it is. Something that shouldn't be there. It's there in the back entry, and it's probably there in the kitchen. Soda Pop can't be sure because he can only smell the lunch meat that someone left on the counter. Lunch meat! Out all on its own! Soda Pop hurries over to it. He stands up as tall as he can on his back legs, but he can only get his nose to the edge of the counter. It's there, though. He's sure of it. It smells like bologna. It's been sitting out for a while, so the scent is nice and settled. Mm, delicious. He hops and scratches at the counter's edge, but it's not quite enough. Finally, he takes several steps back, then runs at it and leaps as high as he can. He slams shoulder first into the counter and falls gracelessly to the floor. In the process, though, one of his front claws just snags the edge of a plastic package and four whole slices of bologna scatter onto the floor. Jackpot. 
He bolts down the bologna as fast as he can, practically inhales it, then licks his lips and searches for more. The musty smell is so strong it makes him sneeze, but he thinks that somewhere inside it there might be a discarded chicken nugget in the living room. That's promising. Jake's house is kind of small, though probably adequate for his needs. There's the kitchen, a bedroom, an entry area, and a long, narrow living room. Soda Pop sets off to inspect them all. In the living room, he finds a couch. The cabin doesn't have a couch. He jumps up on it, rubs his face along the cushions, rolls to scratch his back. It smells softly of cheesy chips, and now so does Soda Pop. He sniffs at an old mouse's nest in one corner and finds the half-eaten chicken nugget under the coffee table. It's been there for at least a few days, delightfully aged if you ask Soda Pop. He moves to explore Jake's bedroom, but stops in the doorway. The musty smell is stronger than before. It's sharp here and extremely unpleasant. There's a hint of pheromone smell to it, like some spiders emit to try to lure in prey. Soda Pop can feel the hair on the back of his neck trying to puff up. He sniffs the air carefully and peeks around. The back wall of Jake's bedroom is streaked with long black lines. They curve and bend in a sickening way as they move from floor to ceiling, occasionally branching out into horrible little blobs. Soda Pop sneezes, then he shakes. Whatever this is, he can't be near it anymore. He growls softly and beats a hasty exit through the back door. When he gets back outside, Soda Pop feels a bit shaken. What was that thing? Nothing good, surely. In fact, the more he thinks about it- Oh my god, a squirrel! A real squirrel, on the ground, looking at him. It's just a few yards away, oddly dark in color with bright glowing eyes. Soda Pop lunges at it immediately. You can't delay with a squirrel. The squirrel turns and runs, and the chase is on. Now, listen, all squirrels are bastards, but this one's in a league all its own. It zigs and zags through the underbrush, ducks under bushes, and sails through ferns. Soda Pop sprints after it, clumsy but determined. At one point, the squirrel disappears into a fallen log, and Soda Pop barks incessantly until it darts back out. They run a slalom through the trees. He loses it near a little stream and looks around desperately until he spots it staring at him from some tall grass. It twitches its tail enticingly before it starts away again. If Soda Pop could think, he might wonder why it stays on the ground instead of escaping up a tree. But he can't think. He can only chase. It's impossible to say how long they run, first in the mossy low spots and then far up the hill. Soda Pop's tongue hangs out of his mouth, sending flecks of foam flying back onto his cheeks and chest. And always the squirrel is just ahead of him, almost in his jaws, barely out of reach. Then Soda Pop leaps over a fallen branch and lands hard on his back leg. Pain shoots through his knee just as the squirrel finally climbs up a tree trunk. He cries, a wail of pain and frustration. The squirrel just watches. It practically smiles. All squirrels are bad, but this is a very bad squirrel. <laughs> he kicks out his leg a few times until the knee joint pops back into place. This happens sometimes when he overextends himself. A luxating patella, the vet called it. It's usually fine as long as he can set his own pace. He wonders if the squirrel knew somehow. It's hard for him to fathom trickery, but he'd put nothing past a squirrel. Yes, all squirrels are bastards. Every single one. The squirrel stares down at him. It's all the wrong colors, he realizes. And worse, it has the same sharp smell he found in Jake's house. 
Now that he's got a moment to think, he realizes that's been in his nose for a while. Now it jabs at his sinuses. So wrong, it's actually uncomfortable. Soda Pop doesn't really know what evil is, but this squirrel might be it. Soda Pop growls, low and menacing. He gathers his weight carefully. Maybe if he can jump high enough... Something smacks him hard across the nose. Soda Pop squeals and spins in a quick circle, ready to face his attacker. It's a cat. He stops, baffled. Soda Pop has never had a problem with cats. Sure, he'll chase one if it's already running, or looks like it's about to run, and yes, sometimes that means running up to them to see if they might like to run, but it's not like he'd actually hurt one if he somehow caught it. Surely they know that. This cat is hefty and muscular, shorter than he is, but much heavier. Her dark gray fur is fluffy and long, making her appear even wider than she is. The corner of one ear has been clipped cleanly some time ago, and there's a faded scar above her left eye. She smells of straw and mouse blood, a barn cat. The cat watches him, green gold eyes expressionless. She holds one paw slightly aloft, claws retracted, like she's ready to smack him again if he makes a wrong move. First, Soda Pop checks the tree. The squirrel is gone. He whines and throws the cat an offended look. He almost had it. Cats know about squirrels. Why would she let it get away? The cat just watches him. She is very still, and he is very tired, so he elects to sit. He wipes his paw across his muzzle. There's no blood, no injury. She lowers her own paw, confirming that the conflict between them is over. The swipe was a warning, not an attack. But it still wasn't very nice. Soda Pop sniffs the air. The sharp smell is gone, replaced by a tapestry of nature, scents, and sounds. Songbirds have mostly settled in for the night, and night birds have begun to stir. Soda Pop can tell that a family of raccoons live nearby. A coyote's come through here in the last day or so. A few weeks before that, there was a bear. But he can't tell where home is. He can't even locate his own trail. And there are no humans here. Soda Pop looks over at the cat again and tilts his head. She flicks her tail slightly and takes a few steps toward a nearby fern. At the edge of it, she pauses, thinks for a moment, then looks his way and lets out a soft, high-pitched trill. He hesitates, then follows her. Above them, a crow calls for its mate. Upwind, the raccoon counts her kits before she leads them out of the den. The shadows from the trees are so long they almost blend together. And a little dog follows a cat who seems to know the way. Thank you for listening to part one of the tale of Soda Pop. This episode was written, edited, and narrated by Julie Saunders. The role of Soda Pop was played by Archie. The barn cat was played by Lulu. Music for this episode was provided by Epidemic Sound. Please see the show notes for all titles and composers. If you want the rest of the story right now, it's available at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash believerpodcast. Otherwise, part two will be out on Tuesday. Until then, please take care of yourself. You deserve to see what tomorrow's like. Bye now.